0: Hey y'all, it's your girl Monet and welcome back to the Exchange Rate, a corner of the internet where day drinking is not just a fun weekend activity, it's a On today's episode, category is wo ma nah, because we have the ever-so-fierce-yet-never-pressed Kiki Palmer in the house, and the stunning, stunning, stunning Miss Blair Sinclair is stopping by with all that all-stars T-True-T-Hunt-T. Tea, tea, tea. That's a tr- t- triple T, T-T-T. I thought that was cute. Oh God, my tits are out. But first, let's get up in the gig. One thing that I hope to abolish this fall is fucking zoom meetings zoom meetings are the bane of my existence I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It's so annoying It's like people forget like before zoom meetings. We would do conference call conference calls were completely okay But now just to like discuss mundane things that literally are not that important. There's like a zoom link You have to have headphones. It's just too much. Can we please go back to the times of conference calls? please even, I would even tolerate a Skype now, but something about just, I'm just triggered by the word Zoom now, because like, I'm just so, so, so bad about it. Everything is a Zoom meeting. It's also like, just as bad as like FaceTime to me. Like, like you know when you have your friends, or sometimes family members, or sometimes uh, 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 associates that like to FaceTime you without any preemptive call? You just you just laying in your bed watching, keeping up with our Kardashians, and all of a sudden you get a, um, what's a, What's a phone sound with 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 uh with uh with uh, with uh, FaceTime? Doom, doom. No doom, doom. Doom, 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 doom. No that's Skype. Oh, whatever it is. Face someone without it's a... Oh yeah yeah is that. Face having someone without notice is rude, it's annoying, and you should not do that. If you're that girl, stop it. All of your friends hate it, all right? I'm I, I, I'm here to speak some truth to you. It's like someone It's also like someone just showing up at your apartment without any notice. They just, like, come, like, could you imagine someone just showed up at your house, your home, your apartment, your cardboard box, um, just knocking up and just, like, being like, hey, girl, like, that's rude, 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 rude. And um, speaking of showing up unannounced, hey, Darrell. You know who you are. Darell, Darrell is um the gentleman that lives in my neighborhood that comes by for like a pit stop. You know what I'm saying? Do y'all, do y'all know what a pit stop is? A pit stop is like on your way, just like like uh, uh, on at the races at the track. You do a pit stop when you're on your way home to the finish line, but you just do a little pit stop because you need to take care of some um some maintenance. So that's what uh, I describe my interaction with Darrell is. And Darell, I think you watched the show. So hey. I also have a really obsessive view. Obviously, we all know this. But Joy Behar is an eternal mood. Just watching her face. Can we please just... I know we don't normally do this here. Can we please show this pic of Joy Behar? Look at Joy. Joy is just always annoyed, unbothered, just giving you very much... I remember when they did the Father's Day episode, like everyone was going around the table like, yeah, for Father's Day I did this, for Father's Day this. Wolfie was like, Joy, what did you do? Uh, for um, for Father's Day, um, my, my my daughter and, my, and my, my son-in-law came with my grandson and, you know, it was a nice Father's Day. But you know who doesn't like Father's Day? Trump. Trump doesn't own Father's Day. Uh, if <laughs> He's just always going off and I just love, love, love Joy. Because <laughs> she's so, 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 so good A Forever Mood. And uh, she's my queen, honestly. Another further <laughs> move that I don't ever want to feel is getting shot by one of your friends, which is our first story, bitch. This Tory Lanez, Megan Thee Stallion shooting thing, it is honestly, it is blowing my mind. We just have to jump right in because it's so, so, so crazy. First of all, all quarantine long, Tory Lanez, if you if you guys know Tory Lanez, he's at, I think he's a rapper, Or he might just one of those, like, R&B person... R&B. titties. He might be one of those hip-hop personalities that just, like, becomes popular. You know what I mean? For no reason. Uh, I think he's that. But he is... He gets my nerves. First of all, on Instagram and stuff, he has a very... Rude and just downright mean. disposition. like he was doing this thing where he would invite girls onto his live during quarantine, and they'll like come in the chat and like, and he would like let them into the live, and then he'd do shit like, "Boo, block, you're ugly," and just like c- like cancel them out the live. So that already had me on like a very very sour taste with Tory Lanez. You're fucking whack. So anyway, him and Megan Thee Stallion, they've been like quarantining a lot together, hanging out together in um in LA or in Texas, wherever these rich rapper uh, uh, hip hop folk live. And uh, there have they've been rumors speculating that they were together. So then Megan kind of said that they weren't. So it's like this like weird limbo of what their relationship status is. I will say that is a very <laughs> peculiar couple to me. First of all, Tori Lanez is about 5'2", five 5'3". Five and Megan Thee Stallion, bitch, they don't call these Stallion for nothing. She is 5'10". Megan Thee Stallion and I are literally three quarters of an inch apart in height. And y'all, if you ever met me at a meet and greet, I'm a big lady. So they're gonna be very Morty couple. It's very interesting, but whatever, whatever is your 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 drug of choice. Live your life. Okay. So Saturday, July eleventh, Tori and Megan are at Kylie Jenner's house for a pool party situation. Like you know, like everybody's like in the pool. People are drinking. You know, just having a good time. Young people, two thousand twenty, living your life. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Apparently, I gotta adjust my titties because I'm getting so excited. Well, not excited, but you know what I mean. Apparently, Tori and Megan get into a fight, and then he pulls out his fucking gun and shoots Megan Thee Stallion in the foot. Like, Tori Lina pulled out the gun and shot her! Like, isn't that crazy, town? Like, what in the... Like, that is so... Like, that is so, so, so nuts. So then... There are all these, like, accounts of what people hypothesize happened. Like, apparently, like, uh, Tory was leaving in a car, and people think that he pulled his gun out, and while she was going to her car, he shot her. all these speculations about what happened. No one knows exactly, like, a scene-by-scene scenario. Which, by the way, sidebar, you know, like, all the Kardashians and Jenners, they travel with, like millions of security guards now ever since kim was robbed in paris like all of them have like at least like three security guards with them at all times but again they're at kylie's house so the security is probably not like watching them as close as possible but imagine being chris jenner and getting the call at 2 a.m someone was shot at your at your at your daughter's house which kim was like get the cameras get the cameras we'll catch a moment because you know she's shady uh because kanye that's a girl that is a whole thing harriet Tubman did actually free slaves anyway sidebar go back to this point of the story and uh um, uh, and then, so yeah, so that's that's what happened. Then uh, then Tory has been arrested, but he was only held on thirty five thousand uh, dollars for bail. So of course the bail was paid. He was out like four days later. And then there was this video of Megan Thee Stallion getting pull- someone got it on video of her being pulled over by the cops. And bitch, she gets out of the the black SUV. And bitch, she is limping. You see the blood like pouring from like it's all over the sidewalk. So like it's not like, like speculation. Like it like this actually happened. And she was pouring blood from her goddamn foot on the pavement getting uh, pulled over by the cops. She was not arrested. They actually took her to the hospital. So that was so that was that. But people are now thinking that Tori... well, people are saying that Tori was defending Megan from who at Kylie Jenner's house? Megan had to say this about it. The narrative that is being reported about Sunday morning's events are inaccurate, and I like to set the record straight. On Sunday morning, I suffered gunshot wounds as a result of a crime that was committed against me done with the intention to physically harm me. So this is a eyewitness, I'm not eyewitness, this is like a, what is it, first person? This is is the person who's actually involved saying that this person did this to hurt me. Tori was trying to hurt Megan. Um, I was never arrested. The the, The police officers drove me to the hospital where I underwent surgery to remove the bullets. Bitch, not bullet, bullets. Gag. I'm incredibly grateful to be alive and that I'm expected to make a full recovery, but it was important to me to clarify the details about this traumatic night. I'm currently focused on my recovery so I can return back to my life and back to making music as soon as possible. Bitch, this is so, so, so nutty. I cannot believe Tori Lanez shot Megan Thee Stallion. Like what kind of hood shit is popping off in these streets? And her producer and her producer friend like wanted to double down and say, Yeah, Tori is not the he's not the hero here. He did some shady shit and he shot Megan. So I'm gonna keep on setting this story because I'm very intrigued. This is very crazy. Uh, this Megan is what? Like twenty like in her early twenty, twenty two, twenty three? Like bitch, you imagine being shot by one of your booze? Girl. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm. Next story. <laughs> Next story. <laughs> Um, um, you know, with this next story, I have to admit, I've been, like, really ignorant about The Help. You know, like, like you, like, I watch Help, I'm like, oh, this is such a good movie. I love, um, Emily Blunt. No, not Emily Blunt. What's that girl name? It's not Emily Blunt. Her Emily Blunt look, they're one of those actresses that you mix up. Like, for the black folk, uh, uh, uh Robin Givens and, um, the lady from... Waiting to a tail. Like, they are, to me, This I've never seen this. They look the same person. Not Emily Blunt. Patty Gonna Tell Me in a Second. The other redhead actress lady. Um, they or <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a great movie. It's a great film. But Viola Davis, did y'all know that She's gone on record since 2018 saying that she regrets doing the help. Amy Adams? Not Amy Adams. Wait. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. I love, love, love Emma Stone. She's so, so good. But her... And um Amy Adams and Emily Blunt, bitch, they are the same person to me. If all three of them were in this room, I would be <laughs> I'd be so to So anyway, so Viola like Davis, she's gone into twenty eighteen saying that, you know, that she's not part of the movie and she like regrets doing the role. And we know with Talks of Black Lives Matter, we're just seeing more black actors and actresses. You know, sorry, that the term actresses is antiquated. It's just they're all actors. Um, black actors coming forth and like being really vocal about things they've done in the past that they regret. And she's saying this. She's saying, It's probably know that Viola Davis is an almost egot. She has the Emmy, she has the Tony, she has the Oscar. All she's missing is the Grammy. And bitch, I think Kathy Griffin has a Grammy for a comedy album so it's not like out of the realm of possibility that if Viola can get a Grammy she could be an EGOT like I mean I'm, 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 here, I'm here for it so if you don't know The Help was a movie based on a book that's written that was written in, in 2009 about, um, about Jackson, Mississippi and black women working in the households of white women and like obviously all the systemic and racial injustices that happened in that time in the 60s uh, black people working for white people you can you don't you don't need to watch the movie to under, to to uh to be creative in your mind about what that looked like and it's been hailed as a really great movie but Viola says this uh, she in an in an, in an interview she said have I ever done roles that I've regretted? I have the help is on that list. This was in the New York Times. I just felt that it wasn't the voices of the maids that were heard. I know Abilene I know Minnie They're my grandma. They're my mom. And I know that if you do a movie where the whole premise is, I want to know what it feels like to work for white people and to bring up children in in 1963, I want to hear how you really feel about it. I never heard that in the course of this movie. So um, the woman who wrote it, her name is, what's her name? Catherine Socket. Catherine Socket had written the movie and it who was, it was, it was, was a white woman and was directed by her childhood friend, Tate Taylor, who was a white gentleman, about um, the maid, Abelene. And apparently, Abelene is a real woman. Abelene is a housekeeper who was one, who once worked for um, Catherine's brother. And um, the real Abelene came out and she like criticized it. She said um, the author was stealing her life story without her knowledge and basing the character Abelene on her likeness. So you had the audacity to get the movie made about Abilene, spelling the name differently. But bitch, we know who you're talking about, and they're not even consulting the woman. And I, I, I doubt she got any royalties. I doubt she got any money from this project when this movie was made about her life. Like how fucking shady is that, Catherine Sockett? So Viola Davis is not proud of this and um this again this is coming up to the surface again because she just did um a photo shoot with Vanity Fair, which what well, she did to cover of Vanity Fair, and this is the first time the cover was shot by an African American woman in <laughs> 2000, gag. And um she yeah, she she doubled down. She was like, I still regret taking that, that role and I always will. So she's not her proudest moment. But missing, we've always we've all had proud moments. Me and Darrell, I had a moment a few weeks ago when I uh I'm not proud of.
1: <laughs> Durell, are you watching this?
0: Fatty, what a drink at? I need a drink. I need a drink. I feel it for Clint. What if, what if Daryl is really watching this? And yeah, it's no surprise. Clearly, The Help is a movie that caters to the white savior narrative. And like it's like not a healthy depiction for black folk. Because black folk are not... I'm sure it was an all—it was, was an all white folk behind the camera. You had a white director, white producers, white screen. Like you know, like there's so, like I, I'm—I'm—I don't know that for a fact, but I'm pretty sure that's probably what happened. So I can see why Viola Davis feels bad about it, and she wants to—and um, it's a thing in her life that she regretted. Uh, Though the movie did do very well commercially, it is still she's entitled to feel that way, and I would I would love to talk to her about that. She's 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 such a fierce woman. That video of her um, that's been going around the Instagram and the the Twitter's lately of her talking about people calling her the Black Meryl Streep and people not realizing how insulting that is. (laughs) So look at Viola Davis, who went to Juilliard, who has the Emmy, the Oscar, the Tony, all the things, and be like, oh my god, you're really good. You're like a Black Meryl Streep. That is so rude. Uh, she was saying how people do that to her all the time to this day. So she's about to feel that way. And Viola, you're fierce to me, mama. I love you. I uh, would love to chat with you sometime. Woo. I did just in on the airpiece. Apparently Apparently Taylor, the director, he's gay and him and his partner had their wedding or they live on a, uh, renovated plantation. Bitch. Uh, uh-uh. uh, call the police, call the cops. Girl, this one's like the plot of some Hallmark movie bullshit. Uh, <laughs> Which brings us to our next story because the Hallmark is another uh, group of folk under fire. So they just released, well, first of all, by show of hands, who watches the Hallmark channel? <laughs> Be either. I'm more of a Lifetime girl. I, like, love the movie. I just... There's something so thrilling about... uh Because Lifetime is really seedy and gross. Like, you have, like, the babysitter who's fucking the husband, but he ends up being the sister's cousin, and then she gets pregnant with the baby, but then the wife ends up being the bad guy because the wife kills her, and then she cuts the baby out of her stomach, and it's just, like, the Lifetime is just so fucking good. I live. I'm a Lifetime bitch. But um, they just announced their, uh, their holiday fall lineup, and there are 40... Holiday movies coming out to Hallmark, to the Hallmark channel this fall, which coronavirus, uh, COVID, like, how are we filming these movies? But whatever, LA County is on their own shit. That's why they're quarantined again. But they have 40 movies coming out. And guess how many of them are queer stories? Yeah, you're correct. Zero. Out of 40 mother movies... How are there zero queer stories? Which they had that whole debacle last year when they pulled that lesbian ad for um, the wedding ad. And they were like, we we've, we've promised, this This is what I'm talking about. When these people say, we promise to do better, we're really going to try our best. Bitch, no, you're not trying your best because you're pulling out 40 movies. The titties jumped. Because you're putting out 40 movies and none of them are queer stories. So, of course, the internet called them out. And uh, they're like, we're going to try to do better. We want to make Hallmark a place that everyone can identify with. Which, by the way, all these movies follow the same theme. It is, um, the rich lawyer, Richard, has to go back to his small hometown to save his parents, uh, 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 struggling printing company that he meets the, the lowly shoe designer, Rachel, and then she ends up saving their Christmas because she builds a really fierce cake. Because she's because oh, because Rachel is not just a, a shoe designer; she's also a five star baker, and she builds this like twelve t- tiered Christmas Jesus cake, and then everyone is happily be after. Imagine that same story, but imagine if Rachel was Tim, or oh, Rachel was Ty, or oh, Rachel was a Tyreek. Bitch, now that's now that's saucy. That'd be good. So hopefully they uh, 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 think about that for real and not just give us lip service. I'm like, we're gonna change stuff. And I bet you they're changing because they're, they're gonna add one gay cousin at, uh, at, uh, at, 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 at the Turner family Christmas. And they'll be like, we did it. No, you didn't so do not okay I don't want to say don't support the Hallmark Channel but don't support the Hallmark Channel um, because also y'all know like Candace Cameron who is honestly the villain of The View she was so she was like a fucking dumb supplier on The View it was so great because Whoopi and Joe would just destroy her every time Um, Candace Cameron like acts in like all the movies because that's all the gigs she can get because you know she's a super super conservative Christian Jesus lady and it's what she deserves which of brings it to our next story. It's a very feel-good, happy story. So I have to talk about it. It's about gender reveals. Now, I'm sure if you follow The shade Room or if you just are on the internet, as we all say, always say here, you know, gender reveals are the thing. They're, they become the wave. Everyone's doing gender reveals. But obviously, they're problematic for a myriad of reasons because you don't know what gender your kid is. Your kid may be born uh, um, assigned male at birth, but they um, are, so, you know, general reviews are just problematic by nature. But that does not, that has not stopped them from being very, very popular. And one of the craziest ones I've seen was a guy, he went skydiving and he opted to not have the safety person. He had skydived before, so I guess you, you because you have to, like, do things to get certified. Anyway, he went skydiving without an assistant person and he didn't know what color his uh, uh parachute was. So when, you, when he deployed it, then you found out if it was pink, it was for the girl, blue boy, the whole thing. So that's the crazy one I've seen. I've seen some other crazy ones, girl. I mean, black folk. The crazy one I've seen, though, without having black people doing some crazy-ass shit in the street room. Anyway, besides the point, this mom, her name is Love Guatley, had a gender reveal 17 years ago. For her baby girl, but now her son Gray identifies as non-binary, but also uses he, him pronouns. So she's having a new gender reveal for her son where she's um uh did the whole thing. She and she like really turned it out and they had a whole party. They had balloons with the non-binary colors and also um uh the trans pride colors. It was just really, 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 really beautiful. And she did this really sad and really cute Facebook post honoring her son. It was just really good. And I think it's just a really Feel-good story about a mom identifying, um, you know, with her mistake that she made 17 years ago and saying, I did the wrong thing. Here's to celebrate you. So my hat off to you, uh, love, guap me and your family. She's also pregnant right now with her um, fourth kid. (laughs) So this is a very, very fertile woman. And you better work. And hopefully no more gender reveals until you know the gender. I think that's easy, enough. Yeah. Those are all the stories today. And, um... Itching. You know, I'm very jealous of our first guest for a myriad of reasons. Number one, look at her face. Gorgeous. Number two, she's been within cologne smell of my boo, Michael Shrahan. Y'all, please welcome the fabulous Kiki Palmer.
2: Guys, you better stop. Ah, hey, poo.
0: Okay, so Kiki, so let's start. So, you are a movie star. TV star Nickelodeon star daytime TV Broadway and a recording artist yet you are 26 years old how
2: <laughs> I started very young love
0: yeah you started super super yeah. young now were you were you from a family that your parents like pushed you to do it? You were like, I want to do this.
2: Um, My parents told me a lot about entertainment, like, you know, in their life. They met during speech and speech tournaments together, and they did theater Mm -hmm. after they, you know, got out of college. And so I heard a lot about it, and I saw my first musical very young at, like, six years old, Jackie Wilson at the Black Ensemble Theater in Chicago. So the entertainment was around me, but I never imagined that it was something that kids could do. Once my parents kind of introduced me to that as being an option, then I was like, Oh yeah, I'm down. Let's go and get into it.
0: <laughs> and you had like a, a a super, super, super woman career, which you're now taking into Facebook with uh, with your new series. Talk to us about that because I never envisioned Facebook as a place for a sitcom. But here, here you are. Yeah,
2: I think for me, you know, digitally, I have so much fun coming up with. Uh, different characters and different material that I want to try out or ideas I have and my audience there there it's just such a quick way to immediately interact with each other I can immediately know what they're into what they're vibing with and it's very inspiring for me as a creative so when I knew it was a possibility to kind of branch out the family of this particular character that I do on my Instagram page that's kind of how turned up with the tailors was born and and so I was excited okay like let's get let's see what it's about
0: but you're doing all five characters so like Are are you, so are you doing all the writing and everything too? Because that is a lot. That's like, honestly, that's throwing it back to the OG comedians and the OG uh, uh, of stars who would, they would write all these characters. Like Martin, Martin played like 19 characters in his sitcom.
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely do it, but at the same time, I have a team. So yeah a really good uh production company kids at play they were awesome max wyatt who i created the uh the family to create uh, the character with um he's great on the team as well so we all worked together to make this happen and we did it in such a short time literally like two two days uh two days <laughs> two days eight episodes about you know i think three minutes each three four minutes wow. each. So we did it quick but it was so much fun and it was exciting it was it was it was different for me to play all these different characters like that i haven't really done that before
0: yeah. And, and with, with how has coronavirus and corner and COVID-19 affected the production of it? Or are we going to get or are you going to full steam ahead?
2: Um. Yeah, I think in the beginning, for sure, it was all about do people want to laugh? I remember when I talked yeah. about the character back to my page a couple of weeks ago, it was kind of me just seeing what my audience was feeling like. I mean, look, we're all. Yeah lot right now feeling a lot but i do think entertainment sometimes can be of service in that way whether it is to make you laugh or think about something light or or maybe go introspective whatever you know whatever perspective you're coming from as an artist so for me i wanted to check in like do you guys want to laugh and if you do want to laugh i think i got the right thing for you and so luckily they were in the mood for a laugh
0: well you know and that's what that's what i've seen a lot of people who i follow instagram like i'm sure you do amanda seals like who They've been so great empowering the community. Like, whatever your art is, mama, yeah. we need that now. If you're a comedian, give us jokes. If you're a chef, give us some food. Whatever your art is, like your yeah. avenue is, do it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Literally, yeah. do it and have fun and enjoy because people could feel that energy. And that's what we need right now. We need to feel each other, vibe with each other, and, and turn to each other, love. Now
0: speaking of quarantine, have you been uh, have you been booed up into quarantine uh, <laughs> quarantineification, or are you cor- uh, uh, quarantining by your lonesome?
2: I've been mind my business, leaving you alone. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I um I feel like more than anything, I I took the quarantine is is a time to be very introspective because I'm somebody yeah. that likes to work 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 work. So the yeah, fact always. that so quickly you know the world could be turned upside down and I had to just stop and I couldn't do you know, the main thing that like you know, keeps me going, you know, creating and moving to have to just sit still like that. I think it was really important. I think it was also necessary um, and gave me a lot of clarity in the next coming months of months of all the other stuff that we're dealing with. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, anyway. and, then, and just I would just love you to shed some light because I feel I loved your Instagram. You were definitely someone who you're very honest and very forthcoming and you and you speak really openly about stuff. And then with the whole August Alcina drama, he's trying to rope you and you shut it down immediately. Do you have anything you want to say about it?
2: no i just feel like online is so easy to for people to to think or assume that you're talking about something specific or if, if a yeah. group gets involved it can get really messy really crazy really fast so i hate that uh you know that was like a triggering situation because that's yeah. the last thing i would want to do to somebody yeah. but once people you know think you're saying this or saying that what can you do at that point all you can do is just say you know what i'm gonna back on out of it i would yeah. best, and that's kind of the attitude i had because it's it's not really about me. I got caught in there randomly, but Yeah. You know, I ain't got to do. Well it. well, what
0: well, got me well, I'll getting tight. I'm like, he started getting real shady through Twitter. And I'm someone honey, I can smell shade a mile away. I'm like, calm down, Mr. August. Relax.
2: And that was the other thing. I'm like, Love, you could have told me about the who's the shady friends lying on me, love. You could have gave me that tea in the back. <laughs> we didn't... that's the tea I needed, love. Who was this? Well, I probably already cut him off, but you know, it, it is what it is,
0: you know? Yeah. Um, and I want to shift to your music a little bit, because in 2015, you um, your single, I don't belong to you. You said this about it. I don't belong to anyone else but myself. I had to make my own decisions. Happiness is defined by me, and my sexuality is defined by me, and that can change. This, change, this can change, and I can make it what I want.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you?
0: Are you are you are you, are you family, Miss Kiki? Are you under the LGBTQIA plus umbrella? Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. I rep one hundred percent for more reasons than one. And 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 what I feel about it is this: aside from who you want to focus in on, who somebody sleeps with or doesn't sleep with or whatever this is. Yeah, it's about owning who you are. It's about being, that's what I think about. I think about I'm owning who I am. I'm being who I am authentically, um, you know, and, and, and who I want to sleep with, who I want to be with. All, all that is me and my prerogative and my business. I can't, you know, that we cannot always be living in these molds in our lives that the world tells yeah. us. So that's not how you fly as a butterfly. That's not how you evolve, how you grow. So I think in that particular point in my life as well, I was really coming to understanding that, and even more so now. And so it's like, I don't belong to your ideas of me on across the board, love.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And and you have you have a lot of music coming out. I watched the music video for Snack, and I was a dope on many a level for me. Number one, I love the 80s, 90s aesthetic that you were going for, which was so dope to me because we all have a throwback, but it was... I mean, those were the times when I feel... Missing. We were the freshest. Shit was cool. It yes. was really dope. But but the the visuals and it, it it but it had a very modern sound. What was the inspo behind snack?
2: I think it was the, that feeling that you're talking about when we think about that those that era. When we think about when we used to go to the glamour shots and it felt yeah. it, it felt innocent. It felt fun. Um, and the yeah. song, even though the song. It, feels innocent and feels fun the words the lyrics what i'm saying is still sexy it's kind of ooh. so i'm still trying to give you that sass and that attitude but overall it's fun it brings you back to that feeling where you just kind of like ooh, you know like i'm feeling cute i'm in my bag and i'm looking like a snack
0: (laughs) (laughs) now did you did you film because uh they've come out over the past month or so have you did you film these during uh, uh, um, um, isolation, because I the I a, a music video in this time, and I know it's very difficult, but it's so well done.
2: Yeah, I feel like even if it was in the beginning, or the I don't know, whatever the point was, it, even if it's months and months and months from now, and we'll wait out of it, you know, hopefully, it would be amazing if that could be, but it's still gonna be weird. I don't think anything's ever gonna be the same. So I the think same, the, yeah. in, in general, post Corona uh work or, or or creative is different. It's totally different than the set. You wanna try to be make sure you're being careful, you're being, you know, everybody yeah. making everybody feel comfortable. But at the same time you wanna try to enjoy it and be able to connect, uh, so you can come out with the best outcome. So it's very it's different, you know, but I think we're gonna be dealing with that for for
0: Yeah. And and you released <laughs> these three songs, um, and they're part of a, a bigger uh-huh. album, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I have a project coming out coming to you. You know, I'll give you the dates on that. Stay tuned on the on the Instagram page. But yeah, yeah. um, I've been working on tons of music and, and I feel like I was really able to have the time, especially, you know, when COVID happened, it kinda stopped all my traditional work. So I wasn't able yeah. to you know the talk show. I wasn't able to do any of the film projects I had coming up, so it really left me to just be thinking solely about music. And so I got a lot of stuff done and I was just able to really kind of ride that creative wave. So I can't wait to release it all. Cause it's, it's, it's coming.
0: Yeah. And no shade, um, Ms. Kiki, your vibe and your doateness and your freshness was such a nice take for the Michael and straight, Shre- uh, for, for the straight hand Sarah Kiki show. And it is really, honestly, it sucks that it is not going to be anymore.
2: I know. And you know, that's the thing about it. When you think about our show, it was so heavily about uh, you know, audience, you know, that kind of that warmth, that feeling. We had so much fun when people came to our show and, and yeah. that was kind of the vibe. And after COVID, that just became impossible. You know, so much had changed uh yeah. you know, with the vibe and 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 just you know, and so it just it was the timing of it all, and I hate it too, but at the same time I'm very excited about other stuff that I have coming with the with the network and and I love Michael and I love Sarah and you Know it, it was definitely a moment in time in my life I'll never forget.
0: Well, you know, and, and the rumor mill is speculating, they're like, Oh, this happened because Kiki was so vocal during Black Lives Matter, and the network was like, No, but uh, um, but do you have do you do you want to clarify anything on that?
2: I just you know, I said about it on my Instagram page, yeah, first of all, are, that's why I live. <laughs> you're like, Um, let, first of all, let me because first of all, I, I, I can't let the folks believe that if you speak out, you're gonna be pun- That That's fear yeah. mongering. We can't let the kids. Feel that way because we need everybody to speak up and, and speak yeah. their truth and, and fight for the things that matter to them. That should be encouraged, and that shouldn't be made. uh You know, sh- somebody shouldn't misconstrue uh, a, b- a business scenario for that and turn that into, yeah. it, especially if it includes me and I and I have the ability to speak on it. Um The reality is, is that we're, you know you grow in business. The relationships change just because you're not on that show doesn't mean you not You know, it's it's hard to explain if you're not in the business, but I think anybody yeah. that goes the business gets that. So it's not this thing of you know, oh, you know, I don't want people to feel that way about it. Especially right now, we need everybody to be encouraged and to understand that people do understand. You know, when I did what I did the next morning, I was talking about it on GMA. So that yeah. that wasn't the scenario. That
0: video was, I mean, it was so good. So good. And I so didn't know good. what
2: folks were going to feel about that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And in the day, I was being true to me and, and I was very much supported. And this is the thing. If somebody mad at me, how they going to uh, you know, take it out on Michael and Sarah. It ain't just my show.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> They're no not going to punish them.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kiki, listen, I just recorded a reggae joint and I feel like Kiki and Monet can do a dope project together. I'm going to send you the DM. We're going to work it out. It's going to be fresh. It's going to be 2020. It's going to be the shit.
2: I'm ready. Hit me up, love. I'm ready. Get into okay. the DMs. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for so much for coming by and chatting, Kiki. You're uh, an angel, and I appreciate you. Thank, you. thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, love. It was good talking to you.
0: You too, my love. Due to my entanglement on the pit stop with Bob this week, there is no expose, but there is another. I feel skinny to fill the void. Hello, my name is Monet Exchange, and welcome back to I Feel Skinny. Today we are here in Chelsea at the Body Impulse Studio, where I hopefully learn how to get a man and keep him too. You know what I mean? Tell us a little bit more about body and pole. We have the lovely, the beautiful. He is very, very, very handsome. Please
3: welcome Philip. Hi, Philip.
0: That was the best introduction I've ever of gotten course, my story. what Thank you are. You. Listen, I don't lie, girl. I don't
3: <laughs> lie. So Body and Pole is uh, one of the largest and most acclaimed pole and aerial studios in the world. Okay. We have a little over 10,000 square feet, around 230 classes a week. So in this in this building? Yes, of in course. this very building. Good.
0: And um, can you tell us some, some benefits of pole dancing? Like how, like what parts of my body are gonna hurt after I leave this. Every
3: every part of your body. The biggest benefit though beyond like strength is just uh interview, like you're going to feel really confident, <laughs> you're going to feel
0: physically strong. I don't need interview, I got exterior beauty, okay? <laughs> so I will not bore you with any more questions, you go back and set up some more classes and some more beautiful people, and we'll talk to Romel. Great, thank you so much. Thank like you, my love. Romel, get your ass in here. Hey, morning. Oh my god, first of all, thank you for agreeing to do this, I know Thanks. I like approach you on Facebook like, I want to pull this, and he was like, okay. Tell us about your class specifically. Like Today
3: what? we're going to teach an intro class, so it's like down to the basics but
0: we we'll a lot of I am not a beginner. Cool. I've pole danced about in, my, in okay. my past before. <laughs>
3: we'll
0: in a former life, I feel like I was a pole dancer.
3: I was going to be some uh, seven turns on the ground, a little floor work, Ooh. a little conditioning. Some leg work, some sexy legs, little
1: twerking,
0: twerking. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And um, last question. Will I learn how to get a man from doing this class? Yes. Yes. Okay, yes. good yes. answer, good answer. Yes. Alright, let's go, I'm ready. All right, go. I'm all stretched out too. I stretched. everything is good. Let me let me show you how to do that putsy cat dolls thing. <laughs> I'm very nervous. I know I talk a big game, but bitch, a bitch is nervous. What if I like it? And what if my whole trajectory in life, I stopped doing drag and just becoming a pole dancer? Also, I'm nervous that I'm gonna have slippage. I'm nervous that something's gonna come out that's not supposed to. You look at this, baby. Yeah, Woo! Oh, I'm getting to this gig, mama. Oh, my God. You know, this just shows you that exercise really does come in every form. Like, I was like, oh, I'm not going to sweat. It's going to be easy. I worked a polar tool my day. I got this in the bag. It was really fucking intense. body of polo is definitely a lot of fucking work. You have to use all that core strength and upper body shit. That's not, those are not muscles I engage. I don't access those fucking muscles on a daily basis, but it was still incredible. I do feel sexy. I feel like toner. I feel like... I really like unlocked and unleashed the side of myself I didn't know it was there. Let me take a miss, uh, miss um, Romel girl. She learned those skills on the street, honey. She did, she did not learn that at no body of home class. She was twerking it, she was jerking it. I was like, this bitch better work. I, mean, I need some private one on one lessons with her. I'm getting a fucking pole installed in the bar tonight. You hear me? In my next show, I'm gonna be up on somebody's pole, living my dreams. Thank you guys again for joining us for another lovely episode of I Feel Skinny. We've been here at Body and Pole in Chelsea and it was incredible. Our instructor was great. He taught me some moves, girl, that she didn't know that she had. She was that fat, fat, I feel like I'm ready to go into the fiercest club up in um, Hunts Point in the Bronx and show the girls how it's really motherfucking done. I'm going to exchange whatever crazy exercises you want to see us do. Type it down below, girl. Comment. Let, let me know. Do you want to see me go swimming? Do you want to see me do some ice losing, some whatever, whatever you want to see me do, I will do for you because I'm desperate for your approval. Comment, share, like, subscribe, and we'll see y'all next week.
1: Bye!
0: Bye! Oh, Lord! I do declare it is time to sip on these all-stars teas. Everybody, please welcome, honestly, I'm looking at her, the flawless Blair St. <laughs> Clair. Oh, my gosh. Okay, full disclosure, Blair came into the meeting, and I was like, I literally could never. And that's fine. That's okay. <laughs> stop.
3: Seriously, stop. You're, you're, you're too Blair! You're just as gorgeous. <laughs> how are you, my angel? I am good. Um life is crazy at the moment, but glad that we have time to do this. I am really I'm really happy I'm sure there's so much you have
0: going on, so I'm happy that you were able to fit us in. Um, um before we dive into all star stuff, how is the last time we spoke it was the you know the announcement of All Stars Five mm-hmm. and Um how has life been since then, especially since experiencing a season through COVID nineteen. Right.
3: Um, uh, life's been crazy, like both, <laughs> both good and bad. Like I, I'll be like honest with you. Um, I think experiencing the season through COVID has been really different and also slightly difficult because everyone's home. So right. you know, like normally if you're on the road or if you work during the day or wherever, if you're not at home, you can't be on your phone 24 seven. I mean, that's just like how life is, but you know, life's kind of flipped and almost everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people, I should say are at home and they're on their phone. So it's so much easier with that phone in your hand to comment and to say what you're feeling. Girl. There are twice as many comments, both positive and negative. And if you like one queen, it is okay that you don't have to say that you hate the other queen. Like, (laughs) I just don't understand this concept that people have not learned yet.
0: Like, seriously. Like, how have these kids... These people who watch the show not learned that yet.
3: Liking someone does not mean hate for everyone else. Yeah. Ugh. And, like, oh. I'll keep it real real, but, like, clearly there are some also other Drag Race sisters that don't love all the other sisters as well, too.
0: Oh, girl! <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, yes, Blair, there are some All-Stars
0: 5 girls that have been very shady. I will say we took a two-week off of the show at the pride, and but we extended the invitation for other girls to uh, uh, you know, who were eliminated in that time to come on, and um, some um, not so friendly replies have happened by some of your all stars five sisters, but that's fine, that's even yeah. oh, yeah. but you're
3: gonna have to text me after this one and tell oh, me. Oh, absolutely,
0: 100. <laughs> um, so Blair, so obviously, we were on season 10 together, and going into all stars five, I have to say, noticeably, I just felt like you you were more you were stronger you were more confident. It was to me someone who has obviously we toured and worked together as well. It was like night and day from season ten mm-hmm. to All Stars five. Why why was that? What was, was that? What was that attributed to?
3: Uh, I think really because like I started doing drag in a community that kind of told me that drag was a certain way. It was kind yeah. of like if you're going to perform on stage, you wear the big three hundred one lashes, you have the big hair, you have the jewels, you do drag yeah. this way, and then like having done Drag Race honestly was. It sounds like ridiculous saying it, but truthfully, it was like one of the first experiences where I looked around the room and I was like, oh, drag isn't, you know, one plus one equals two. It was kind of like I could do whatever I wanted. So I took the time from leaving our season, having like filmed and many months up until like our premiere to kind of like experiment a little bit, find myself like a little bit aesthetically. And then I think like from being on TV up until All Stars was just like me figuring out who is Blair St. Clair? Not just like a carbon copy of this queen plus this queen plus this queen plus this queen, plus this queen yeah. equals me. It was like, who am I as a person? Who am I? What is my aesthetic? Like, what do I love to do? I took like a bunch of dance classes and like acting classes. I um, just like really, really worked hard in my career and was like wanting to be the best. And I think like being a perfectionist kind of helped kind of fine tune some of those little things.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, that's interesting you said because I know there are some of the queens who they kind of feel too prideful to do things like, Take a dance class or take an acting class because they're like, oh, I was already on TV. I don't need to do this stuff. So that's honestly really big of you, someone saying like, no, I had shit to learn, and I went and I did it. I did the groundwork for it, which yeah. paid off with, in terms of your your personality. And you were like, you're like, this is who I am, like a fully realized person. Totally.
3: I mean, if you watch All Stars, maybe it doesn't look like I took a dance class, but <laughs> I still took one. I still paid the coin to take one. <laughs>
0: But it, it, you did an interview, you were saying that, like, in, se- in season 10, like, you, you, you felt like it was just time to go, like, you accepted it. Whereas yeah. in All-Stars 5, you, it's really hard for you to reconcile with. Why is that?
3: Uh, like, All-Stars is different. I feel like I was, I know I'd competed before in another season, like, on season 10. But All-Stars yeah. felt like it was the first time that I was competing, because I felt like I was a fully realized both person and drag Character, You know, like, I feel like I really found myself. So I felt like it was my first time. So it hurt more to go home. Um, And, I mean, like, I get it. I had not won a challenge in terms of, like, being the top all-star of the week um, throughout the competition. But I feel like I won so many challenges there for myself. You know, like, I conquered many things myself. So it was so hard not to get to that final moment of standing in front of RuPaul and... Having like the blow be like RuPaul telling me you're not the winner, like that I could like, accept more versus like my peers telling me sorry, bitch, you're not the one. But right. the, the body, like I was like, oh, you know, like it, it does hurt. Uh, you know, like, it's just kind of like a completely different game.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing, Blair. So you got a lot of backlash in, the, in, the, in your in uh, the episode uh, before that you your, your, your elimination episode where people like, how could Blair say that Cracker felt has competition and people like felt like you were being a bit delusional about that. That Cracker was my biggest competition. You know, when, when you're saying that um, the girls may have been threatened by you.
3: Oh, um, I do think I'm competition. Like, I, I am, like, that sickening bitch. But, like, that I, just because I'm not the funniest person in the universe, right. I think I am still definitely competition. I don't think, like, I think there's these fans on the internet that think that, oh, if you don't win a challenge or if you don't have so many followers on Instagram that you're not, you know, the T. But, bitch, I am. And, like, I know that I am. And, like, <laughs> I'm still competition. Like, like, as a, like the real real, like, I'm still in the competition, so I am still competition. Like, right.
0: Like, t yeah. that That's T. That's T. That makes sense. Like,
3: I mean, count me out, but, like, I got to believe in me. Yeah. And if I'm not believing in me, like, no one else is. So, like, at least I'm going to be Team me
0: Yeah. And I, and I will say this. We look at, like, season 12. Crystal Method had one challenge opposed to the other bitches that had three and four. And, bitch, she mm-hmm. made it to the top three. You know what I mean? So, that makes sense, 100%. And how does your relationship stand with Miss Cracker now? Because, you know, you did the interview and you were saying how, like, there's this weird thing because she kind of blamed you for not apologizing for Angina
3: to Angina. Girl, let's talk about that because what had happened was. Ooh, so ooh, ooh, I'm ready to Hopefully, you got your drink nearby. Take a big sip. So, um, Cracker and I are fine. We're cool. Like, all is well. Um, we're still friends because at the end of the day, we are bigger people than a competition, so, like, our friendship was more important than, you know, um, the competition. However, so what had happened after Derek Berry was eliminated, Cracker revealed that she thought that it wasn't necessarily fair that Derek went home because she thought that Angina was the weakest that week and should have at least been in the bottom two or had gone home. Right. All the other girls kind of, like, attacked her for saying that and she came to me and said, should I apologize to Angina? Clearly, i like, I've hurt her feelings. And I said, well, girl, like, I mean, apologize to her if you feel the need to because you're actually... Regret what you said. If right. you feel sorry for that, then apologize. But don't apologize just to play a game. Like that's fake. Like right. don't be fake to apologize because you're actually going to be seen as fake for like clearly if you don't care. Like they just you know be real. And I told her to be yeah. real. So we were talking as a group, and they brought up the thing about Angina. And what you didn't see is Cracker said, "Well, Blair told me not to apologize to Angina."
0: And I said, "Oh, that will get me hot." That will get me I hot. I said,
3: "No." I said. Now my character is at question here. And I said, and yeah. that is not cute, especially when all these girls around here are my friends and in real life too, and could possibly vote me off. I was like, no, the truth of what had happened was I told you not to apologize unless you meant it. Mm. So you didn't apologize. Therefore it is not my problem nor it is my fault.
0: Yeah. And yeah.
3: Uh, so we had a lot of tension there. Like we did not talk to each other for days on filming. We did not want anything to do with each other because I felt she really
0: was bus.
3: And that my character was now being compromised in the competition because some girls were like, Ooh, is Blair like trying to, you know, what is she doing? And I was like, No, I told everyone the truth, but I mean, it is what it is. It's a game. See, that's the thing. Who don't realize in all stars, nuance, things like that. For example,
0: India even dropping in all of y'all's ears that mm-hmm. Alexis is shady, that can cause like a domino effect of y'all doing things, like making decisions because now y'all think that India is shady. Right. Ooh, that's, uh, 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 uh. And
3: that instance, like, I don't know if India shady and I don't know like if Alexis was shady. Like, I did not know in the moment what was going on. Yeah. And, like, you know, like in the world, how would I want to be voted?
0: Yeah. And I said, like, yeah. look
3: at this challenge, what has happened in the competition with track record? And I know as a person that I don't want to be guilty until proven guilty. Like, I, I yeah. thought that someone should be innocent until there's facts. And I didn't see any facts.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit to your music because... Blair, okay, so your first album debuted at number one. The second one, I just saw today, is number two, and it came out yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, 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 how, How do you feel your experiences are informing your musical journey? Because it is honestly a fierce one.
3: Thanks! Uh, I love music so much, and music is so much a part of my life, and my creativity, and who I am as a person. So I came out with my second album, which is called Identity, which is now available on all streaming platforms. Yes, ma'am! It's all about, like, who I am, and my identity, and especially, like, all-stars, and a lot of people call it the glow-up, and I mean, call it what you will, but, like, I've really kind of found who I am as a person, and I'm still growing and finding myself every damn day. I make mistakes every single day, and I also, you know, conquer so many things every single day, too. And Identity is literally about some of my past, some, uh, some things that I've done that I'm not proud of, some things that I had to do to be where I am today that, you know, I've conquered. It's about who I am today. And it's just a little bit of all of that. And it literally was just released and I got a call and they're like, Hey, just so you know, your album is number two on iTunes. And I was like, Oh, in just a few yeah. hours, what I I didn't even put, you know, I don't put music out to chart necessarily. It's just like yeah. what I love. And it's just, I'm really grateful. Really humbled, really grateful, so honored. It's,
0: no words. Well, when you have things like bad judgment, you're talking bad judgment, but you talk about like 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 going partying and making new things and like doing things that you regret and then, but I love that you had the part about saying that you were drunk, but you didn't have your keys Mm for your car, which obviously your DUI story has been something that's kind of haunted you. They kind of outed you before season 10 even came out. Um, um, is, this a, is this a conscious effort that you make in your music to speak about those experiences?
3: Yeah, what I think is the conscious effort is about being real and relatable because I yeah. feel like my fan base likes to know who I am. And yeah. I, I, I really, like, when I put this all on, I'm still me underneath it, but it's kind of like, I just look a little bit better than just jumping out of bed. You know, um, <laughs> those... Those are experiences. They happen to me. And I'm not necessarily proud of, you know, the DOI specifically. I'm not proud of breaking the law, getting um, into trouble and causing so many people, you know, so much pain and, 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 you know, going through that experience. But I am proud of the person that I am today for going through that. So, yeah. I mean, that's it's a true piece of me. It's a true part of me. So I just like to share about, like, what's real. And, I mean, you yeah. can only write songs about, like, what's real and, and sing about what's real and do what's real. And I'd rather... That then make up something that's not real but makes me seem like I'm perfect because I'm not. Yeah.
0: And your music video nine lives premiered in June. Did you record it
3: in uh COVID-19 or was this before? Girl, this so- was done like right here. Really? I did it myself. I was everything myself, yeah. Besides the editing. No, you did not, Blair. Don't try it. Yes, ma'am. I mean, Why? well, I didn't have any other options. I was going to originally film the music video in like January or February. And I, I'm sure you can relate. Like, you know, how you get into like trends of like loving how your hair a certain way or your makeup a oh, certain yeah. way or something like that. Yeah. Or you love, love the, the color. I hate filming things that I know will come out months later because by that time when it finally comes out, I'm like, you're oh, a different girl. Yes. I'm like, why did I wear that? Or like, why is my hair like that? Yeah. So I was pushing off recording and making a video for so long because i wanted it to be really fresh and then all of a sudden i couldn't leave my house so i had to do it at home
0: yeah i mean it looks great girl
3: thank it you. looks
0: look good and i mean i, I did my video uh, it was mine was shot in the day and it was so crazy but yours looks <laughs> that's better than mine you did it in your house. oh my gosh I'm thank so you jealous. i did it in sweatpants Gag.
3: <laughs> Half of it was naked with pretty hair and sweatbands.
0: <laughs> Blair, do you have any? Do you have any regrets about All Stars? A, do you do you regret going back to All Stars?
3: No, I don't regret going back to All Stars. Okay. Uh, it, um, I do have the regret of the last acting. Well, a couple of regrets. So I wish I would have believed in myself even more. I think you saw someone that. I wasn't being cocky. I was, you know, when you speak it into existence, it can come true. Yeah. I was trying to speak more confidence into existence. So that way I become even more sure of myself.
0: Yeah.
3: So like there are moments that I didn't fully, 100% believe in what I was doing because I was nervous. I mean, we're on freaking competition. Like you're going to be nervous. Yeah. So there are a couple of times I wish I would have truly believed myself a little bit more like the uh, comedy challenge. I had, a lot of great material. I had a lot of great stuff that I believed in, but when it came up to the moment of delivering, I was under so much pressure that I put on myself and I bombed because I didn't do well. Like I wish I would have just said, you know what? I believe in myself. You are the best bitch and you're going to be amazing and then delivered better, but I didn't. And you know, I don't regret it necessarily, but if I could redo it, I would.
0: And would you, okay. So if you find yourself in a Manila or Latrice or Jujubee situation, would you go back a third time?
3: I've been asked this, like, literally in the past couple days, and I don't (laughs) think I would.
0: Right now, yeah.
3: Right now, the time has to be right.
0: Yeah, it's also so fresh, too. You're like,
3: God damn it, that was so close. And I feel like I had so much to show and to prove on All Stars of, like, how much I've grown. So I think I would either need to be in a different place in my life to show, like, hey, I'm still evolving, or something for, like, there to be a reason for me to come back. I also loved, Blair, I know some people didn't think so, and those
0: people are crazy. I think that your fashion going to All-Stars was so, so, so brilliant. I People didn't get the camouflage thing. They didn't think that your red tuxedo gown thing from look was not fierce. I'm like, these people are drunk. <laughs> Like, why do you think that is, like, uh, Bob the drag queen? Hello? <laughs> Blair, why is Bob a Blair hater? Why is Bob hating on Blair Sinclair?
3: I don't know. And it, like, I don't take it personally, but I kind of do. Because I remember when Bob visited my city when I was first starting to do drag in Indianapolis. And yeah. I am such a good Bob fan because I performed with her. And before, like, Drag Race ever happened, and I was like, oh, my yeah. God, so amazing, so sweet. Like, how surreal, like, so crazy. And then, like, she's like, I hate this look. I hate this look. And I was like, I mean, it's your opinion. I'm sorry you feel that way, but I still love it. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think that, you know, you definitely came into All-Stars being very fashion-forward. Was that a conscious decision, or you were like, I just want to show my best? Because I know that you do want to uh, uh, walk, uh, you know, be a print and catalog model. Yeah, yeah.
3: I I actually want to transition my career into being more of uh, whether it's modeling and working as like an influencer and working whether it's from home or like print and stuff versus just traveling yeah. all the time and performing all the time on stage because it's uh, it really has been wearing on me. But yeah. I like I went into All Stars definitely thinking like that I wanted to use my theater background infused into like this new. Fashion-forward uh, mindset that I have, and I yeah. wanted like every single runway specifically to be like, "Who is that girl? Where is she going? And what is the story that she's telling?" Yeah, and I yeah. wanted to take things slightly outside of the box, but still within the realm of the challenge of each runway. And I wanted because like I think fashion starts a conversation. So yeah. if you love it or if you hate it, good—you're talking about it. I and I will listen-
0: say, if y'all have not checked out, uh, what's the Mich- Mich- Michelle Visage? Uh, 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 what you packing? Uh, what was your packing? Your, I'm sorry, let me adjust my beret because I'm getting so excited. Your look that you got created with your music, the sheet music. Yeah. Honestly, it is such, I'm so sad you didn't get to show them on the show. Uh, but it, it was such a beautiful blend of your story infused with fashion. It just, it, it looked, I would be really excited to see what it looks
3: like. I am so upset about it. We And so on season 12, they had like a bows and buttons runway. Oh, and we were told to bring we were told to bring oh. a bows, bows, bows look so I had this fabric that was printed for me that was made for my sheet music of my first album that was like all over me and it was a very like Mozart type of look that I had bows it. all over it and I had these little tiny violin bows too
0: I that
3: love I my hair. That. and I had these itty tiny bitty like violins that I was going to take like, on the runway and I was going to pull out of like the back but we never used that runway.
0: Yeah, it looks, it was, what do you showed. It, I was like, oh my God, this is so beautiful and such a great story. This was this fierce girl. This is why Blair Sinclair is the fashion queen of, <laughs> of All Stars 5. Thanks, I babe. Said what I, said. I was trying. <laughs> Blair, listen, you know you're my sister. I love you so much. And yes, you did not withstand the crown, but I'm so proud of the work that you, that you did. You really showed the world that you are more confident, fierce diva, and I live. Thank you.
3: I mean, like, I'm just living one day at a time, trying to get through my, my life, my best self, you know.
0: <laughs> just a little
3: chapstick and mascara at a time.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I'm excited to do this in studio at some point when the world is back that to is- normal, when you are promoting your sixth album that's premiering at number one on the iTunes charts again.
3: When I'm 86 years old, but I look like a pumped up 40 year old woman. <laughs> Blair, <laughs> that's gorgeous.
0: Thank you so much, girl. I'll talk to you soon, okay?
3: Thank you, babe. Good to see you. <laughs> uh,
0: it is always such a good time kicking with y'all, my home girls and home gals and home um, non-binary folk. Thank you for tuning in. As per usual, I look fucking stunning. Make sure you take a picture. Will last longer. <laughs> and remember to always keep your currency in check. Peace, guys.